0: John 114 says, The Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist." And now I have the pleasure of introducing our preacher for the morning, and it is Miss Mackenzie Jones. She is our children's ministry intern this summer. She is going to be headed to San Angelo State this fall, and Mackenzie has been in ministry, even though she's only 18, for years. She's been helping out here at the church. She's been helping at her home church. And she is an amazing young lady, and we are in for a great sermon this morning. Mackenzie? I don't need that. Oh, you don't need that. I'll mm. take it. <laughs> Good, morning. Good morning. Okay, well, four years ago, I stood on this stage at this pulpit in front of these very same people and read this scripture. Romans 12, one through 2 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, and I plead with you to give your bodies To God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Four years ago, this scripture meant something different to me. The girl four years ago read this scripture and spoke that worship wasn't about singing, but it was a lifestyle. Today, four years later, I can say I was right, but I can expand on that. To give some context to this scripture, in the chapter before, Paul is talking about salvation and what it means to come to God through faith in Christ. Paul is speaking to the Gentiles about God's mercy towards the Israelites. He reminds them that God still finds favor in them and has died on the cross for them no matter what they've done. Even though the Gentiles disagree with the Israelites, God reminds them that they are still loved by God and that the Gentiles were once the ones who rebelled against God. But God still gave them mercy as well. Paul says in Romans uh, Romans 11, 28 through 32, many of the people are Israelite of Israel are now enemies of the good news, and this benefits you Gentiles. Yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but when the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. For God has imprisoned everyone in obedience, so he could have mercy on everyone. Now that last verse sounds a little harsh to me, but when you put it in the context it is in, then it follows what we are talking about. When Paul says everyone, he was referring to both groups, the Israelites and the Gentiles. God has turned everyone, the Israelites and Gentiles, toward their sin, to recognize their sin. So that they may find mercy from god in the right time through faith in christ the key phrases here in these verses are that god gave mercy to the israelites and god gave mercy to the gentiles and god imprisoned them to their sin god was the one who gave mercy and the one to judge both groups it's so important to remember in these verses that he is the judge and we are not romans 12 verse 1 Says we are to sacri- sacrifice ourselves to God because of what he has done for us. He gave salvation for us to surrender to him. The definition of salvation is the deliverance from the power and effects of sin. God has sent his one and only son to die on a cross to symbolize our sin being washed away if we believed in him. Salvation is also the, the point that we are not only saved by Christ, but accepted by him. God wants you to fully surrender to him. For me, fully surrendering means giving my thoughts, actions, and trust to him. Surrendering to him is letting him do the guiding, the loving, and the judging in my life. God should be the center of our lives. Surrendering isn't what you do for God. It's recognizing and changing your life because of what he has did for you. Surrendering is growing in God's will. And I say growing because I surrender more than once a day sometimes. It's not something I can always just give to God and walk away. It's not always comfortable, but God's plan isn't always in our comfort zone. It's something I'm growing in and getting better at each time I surrender. This past week at Lakeview, as a counselor, the theme was shine. We talked all week about shining God's light in our lives. I led small groups each day to about 25 kiddos. One day, we were talking about a kaleidoscope, how God can take our broken pieces and shine his light onto them and make them a beautiful masterpiece. Now, I loved this example because God can use our broken pieces for his glory. When we surrender our brokenness to God, it's going to be uncomfortable because we have to let go, but the masterpiece He he will make with them is beautiful. When we give him those pieces, it allows God to influence you through the Holy Spirit. Surrendering is supposed to bring joy. Surrendering isn't grabbing on to do more, but to letting go and letting God speak his light and shine through you. I personally have a really hard time letting go. When having to make a decision in my life, I'm, sl- I'm slower to wanting to start thinking about it. But once I'm ready, I take off, and the last thing I think about is, is this what God really wants for me? because letting someone else decide something for my life is kind of a problem for me. Last year, I started thinking about colleges. For a bit, I didn't even know where to start. I didn't have a major in mind, which made looking for colleges really hard for me. The thoughts of college just overwhelmed me. Then one day, it clicked. I was ready to start researching. I had three options I had narrowed down to in the matters of hours. I ended up on Angelo State with a special education degree, but the questions and doubts started. Would they accept me? Was that the right degree for me? Is it too far away? Is it far enough away? Will this degree be beneficial for me? Am I good enough to use this degree? But most importantly, the question popped up. Was this God's plan for me? I prayed for guidance and that it would be clear if this was the right college or not. I put all my eggs in one basket, applied for one college, and stopped looking after that. It wasn't until a couple weeks ago that I realized that sometimes we overthink the phrase, God's plan. When I'm thinking about God's plan, I want a blueprint. I want step-by-step instructions. But I read something that said that if we simplify it down, it doesn't matter which college I go to. The only thing that matters is if I glorify God. And guess what, we can glorify God wherever we go, as long as we surrender our life to him, as long as we trust him with all our heart, mind, and soul, as long as he is in the center of our lives. So I applied to Angela State, and they told me that I'd know quicker than I thought. It was like two months. Um, there was this link to check, and it said application status. And next to it, it would say pending, then it would say received, then if I got in, it would say accepted. And just like I struggle with surrendering, I check that application status every day, more than once a day, probably 10 times a day. We often do the same with God. We surrender to Him our worries, or we ask for guidance, but then not 24 hours later, we're checking in with Him, um, and we're checking in with Him and taking it back with doubt. How are we supposed to find joy in surrendering when we are twiddling our thumbs, sitting at the edge of our seat, wondering if God heard our prayers? One morning, I woke up and I checked the application, the status of my application. God confirmed that my plan was his plan. I will attend Angela State in the fall studying special education. Go Rams! <laughs> so how am I supposed to find joy in surrendering? In life, we don't always know the next step what God has planned for us, but we can trust him and fully surrender in his presence. When reading a Bible study, it said, if you have trouble surrendering to God, open the Bible and listen. Now, I'm a go-getter. I don't have time to listen. So God had to speak to me in the busyness of life, not in my quiet time. So as I sat and listened to one of the sweet people that I used to visit in New Braunfels talk about our life and trade stories back and forth, she sat in her chair in her assisted living apartment and told me to not be afraid to let God change your plans. God doesn't give us the blueprint ahead of time, but instead he tells us, His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The lamp in this verse from Psalm 119:105 105 is not one that can light up a bedroom, but one is like small like a candle. This light is just bright enough for you to see the next steps, the next few steps in front of you. By following the steps he has for you, you can stay focused on what God has called you to do. Romans 12 verse 2 says to not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but to let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Letting God transform you is giving him an opportunity to transform to transform you by letting go. God has changed the way I listen to sermons. I struggle when the sermon isn't what I'm going through, or when the speaker isn't my favorite person, or when I just can't comprehend what the sermon is about, or even when I just simply don't like the sermon. I can sit in church and totally zone out of what's being said when it doesn't strike my interest. But God has changed my thinking over time. I went through confirmation at this church. My faith friend was Diane Glover. One of the amazing things she said was that God's word is never wasted. I love that so much. So now when I'm sitting in church and the sermon isn't doing anything for me, I remember what she said and I try to find one thing that can resonate with me or one thing that I can learn. God will change the way we think to honor him. He He can meet us where we are when we need him. The last part of Romans 12, 2 says, Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I think we get so caught up in the world's customs that we forget what the perfect purpose is. God reminds us that our perfect purpose is to love him and love our neighbors as ourselves and to go out and make disciples of all nations. We are not to boast or make fun of, but to love everyone. We are not to judge or assume. We are not to worry about tomorrow, but to trust today. We were once sinners, but God died for us just like he died for everyone. Romans eleven eighteen through 21 says it perfectly. It says, But you must not brag about being grafted in plate and into replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. While you may say those branches were broken off to make room for me, Yes, but remember those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ, and you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. We are not to brag, but to be grateful for what he has done. His perfect purpose is to love our neighbors, whether they are grafted in or originally there. We are the branch, God is the root we hold on to. Worship is a lifestyle. To break down worship is to surrender to Him, to let Him be the guide, and then to spread His love to others. When we go out today and we live our lives this week, open your Bibles, listen for God's Word to speak to you, and trust that He will be there every step of the way. God offers us salvation, Um, we just have to believe. Once we believe, we can surrender and let go of our old lives and the behaviors and customs of this world. Surrendering our, lives is, it's, surrendering our lives to him is relieving, that we don't have to worry about everything, but trust that he has a plan. Once we have surrendered, we can refocus on the perfect purpose Jesus has taught us, to love God, love one another, and make disciples of all nations. Worship isn't just about singing, but it's a lifestyle. I'm going to pray while the band comes up, Okay, (laughs) Dear God, thank you for bringing us all here together. I pray that you remind us that worship is a lifestyle, and we should go out and live our lives for you, to glorify you, no matter what we do, no matter where you take us. I pray that those who are traveling for vacation this week um, have safe travels, and that we have a wonderful week. Amen. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.